This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. drivers but only one champion that's the formula as nascar's playoffs begin among the 16 in the playoffs six former champions and two newbies kyle bush is the regular season champ he will join us on the show today welcome to nascar america with parker kligerman fresh off his perch uh above let turn me down. three at indy and pit road <laughs> for yesterday's races kyle petty is at burton's garage in north carolina and kyle this kind of feels like a monday because this race was less than 24 hours ago I, honestly, Krista, uh, Sonny and Cher were singing on my alarm this morning. It feels like Groundhog Day. It feels like I've been hung in Charlotte for the last week. Yes, the race was yesterday on a Monday and, an, and, and a really, really good Xfinity race, uh, solid cup race. It was fun. No doubt. I stopped paying taxes in Indy as of this morning, so that's ah. great. Because we've been out there so long, I just felt like I took residency at some point out there. But I I'm see. glad to be in the studio now. We had two great races. Yeah, and we're going to talk about those today. And as I said, Kyle Busch is going to join us. He heads into the playoffs with the points. But after yesterday's win, Brad Kozlowski may have the momentum. They touched down the back straightaway. You could hear the excitement with the victory. Brad Kozlowski not only recorded Team Penske's first in the Brickyard 400, it was also the organization's 499th win across all racing series. Kozlowski also the first driver to win consecutive Crown Jewel events in the same year since Bobby Labonte in 2000. Here's Brad with Marty Snyder from this week's Burnout Interview. I got to give credit where credit's due. My crew chief, Paul Wolf, uh, he made a heck of a call to pit there. We, we pitted kind of late in the stage, or late in that run, and the yellow came out. We had new tires. We started eighth, and that was kind of like he, he gave me the ball. You know how that goes, Marty. He gave me the ball, and I had to make a play. And I'm like, dang, <laughs> this is going to be tough. But, uh, you know, we weren't a dominant car by any means, but Paul and everybody executed a, a incredible race, and I just had to do my job. And uh, here we are in victory lane at the breakyard. God, I wish RP was here. I know he's watching at home, and, oh, what a day. You've now, you've now won back-to-back -back majors, and how about these fans who stuck it out on a Monday to see this? Thank you very much, guys. We appreciate you being here. This is the Brickyard. This is awesome. A lot of those fans taking up residency in Indiana as well. Following Brad's victory, team owner Roger Penske released this statement, which read in part, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway is such a special place to me personally, earning Team Penske's first win in the Brickyard 400, especially coming just a couple of months after winning the Indianapolis 500 is a credit to everyone who works so hard throughout our organization. Congratulations to Brad, Paul, 
everyone on the number two team. Well done. And now we look forward to the opportunity to pursue Team Penske's 500th win. Roger was at the track throughout most of the weekend. As you heard Brad say, wasn't there for the finish due to some business travels. Parker, you drove for him. I know there's nobody more respected um, in the garage than RP, and now that 500th win sort of looms out there. No doubt. And just to, to kind of explain what Indy means to Team Penske, it's massive. I, there used to be a joke amongst us at Team Penske that if you won there, you had a ride for life for Roger. <laughs> so it's just a place that means so much, all the Indy 500 wins. And now to do it in the stock car side, and when you think about what Brad Kozlowski has given Roger Penske, you know, Brad used to always say, what do you get for a man that has everything? Well, he got him a Cup Series championship, and now he's gotten him a Brickyard 400 win. And these are two very important things to Roger Penske, and he's been, you know, kind of the shining beacon for Team Penske over the last couple of years on the stock car side to give Roger the, all the things he's wanted on the stock car side that he's already had on the IndyCar side. So it's been very impressive. So how do they do it? You know, Brad, and we see his crew chief, Paul Wolf there, um, you know, they've been together a long time. They really gel. But what specifically is it that, that they are just doing at this time, time of the season? Okay, so I don't want to brag, but I might have to brag here a little bit. So I've been sure. talking about this two car all season long and explaining to people that they, in my eyes, were the fourth best car as we rumbled towards the playoffs. And now, finally, they're kind of making me look pretty smart at this time, winning two majors in a row. And the way they've done both of these is by using some of the things I've seen them employ throughout the season. And that is where Paul Wolf and Brad Keselowski consistently do strategies that are out of the box. Strategies that are, are finding themselves in odd positions in the race that seem to work out. We see them often steal track position as they did this past weekend. They went so much further on their last stop in terms of putting tires on that car. Then the caution comes out. They're on pit road. This allows them to be on newer tires than anyone else in front of them. And therefore, he's able to go up there. And then, obviously, there was a wreck and there a caution. And he was able to get the win. But this is something we've seen them do time and time again. And it kind of has to happen between where the, the crew chief has to be bought into what he's doing and the driver has to be bought into what the crew chief's doing. And these two are so in sync that when Paul makes a move like going long pitting or short pitting, Brad buys into it immediately. And then, as he said, when he's handed the game ball, he goes out there and makes a play. And that's what he does so well. When he's put in the place or position and the opportunities in front of him that Paul has presented, he goes up there and strikes. And that's why this two car is so dangerous as we end the playoffs. I, honestly, I'm just sorry I'm in North Carolina and can't reach all the way to Connecticut to pat you on the other side of the back <laughs> that you're already patting yourself on the one side. Okay, let, let me say this, okay? And, and I, Please, I agree with some of the means. things you say. <clears throat> because I'm, I'm going to say this. I, I, Brad Keselowski, an incredible race car driver. Uh, Paul Wolf, oh my gosh. So much respect for those two individuals together. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back and I, and I got to say it that they don't have speed, dude. I'm sorry, we're heading into the championship. They're not in my big four and, and because of speed. And, and let me say, Brad said it. Brad said it at Darlington. It's an anomaly. Bristol and Darlington, it's not about speed. It's about making the car handle. It's about doing some things outside the, outside the box. We go to Indy. They do something outside the box. Ten races in these playoffs, you can't play outside the box for ten races and be a champion. You can't do it. I don't believe it can be done. Uh, I think you've got to have speed. When we, when we talk Stuart Haas, uh, when we talk uh, Joe Gibbs racing, the first thing they talk about is speed. The last thing the Penske group talks about is speed. They talk about making progress. They talk about being there. All due respect, I agree with everything you say about Paul Wolf and Brad Kay. 
I just don't agree that they're the big four. I, Sorry. Well, I'm going to disagree with you because I know a car that's had all the speed in the series. That's the 11 car, and they don't have two major wins right now. So I think it takes everything, including the strategy and the speed, and they've got just enough to compete. But I'm also going to agree with you on the fact that if they are to make it to Homestead just like they did last year, that is a place where all the strategy in the world probably is not going to win you a championship. So the two-car must find more speed to combat those top three, or the big three if you want to say, to cut at Homestead because if they're there, that race just does not allow you the opportunity to pull some of the strategies that they always are so good at. I feel like this is NASCAR's version, the two of you going back and forth of Nicki Minaj <laughs> and Cardi B. is what we're oh, seeing right here. Oh, but Kyle's oh, oh, oh. the one throwing a shoe, right? Yeah. I'm saying, yes. <laughs> you yes, be the let first get to it. throw let a shoe. Let me get it, man. <laughs> and my Kyle, purse. Like, wait, Kyle, and my really, purse. Yeah, you really like that. I knew you were going to jump right in on that, Kyle. Still to come on today's show, he's already earned one trophy this year. What does the regular season champ think about his chances to earn a second cup title? Kyle Busch will join us. And where or how... Do you rank the 16 drivers? Are you thinking the same thing as Parker and Kyle Petty? If you're thinking the same thing as Kyle Petty at any point in life, be very concerned. And we will look <laughs> ahead to Vegas. Parker is going to climb into the simulator to show us the key factors of the track that's never been a part of this playoff structure, unknown or opportunity. Stick around to find out. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Welcome back. Here are the drivers who will contend for this year's Monster Energy Cup Series Championship. The opening round will present a whole new challenge than what we're used to. You have Las Vegas, Richmond, and then the Roval of Charlotte. So let's hear some opening thoughts from this year's playoff field. What do you maybe need to do to hold them off? Not have meaningless guys in the back wreck. I mean, I don't know what they're doing uh, crashing with a couple laps to go, multiple laps down. I, Meaningless. Is this a great momentum in the playoffs? I don't even care about the playoffs at this moment. Uh, all I care about is, you know, not winning this race. And uh, it's a one that was a big on my list uh, uh, of races I wanted to win. And uh, the team gave me the car that was certainly capable of doing that today. Mike can't strategize around untimely cautions and stuff like that. And, and um, you know, I knew as a tall order when 11 beat us out um, for the lead. I mean, nobody could pass me for the lead. He, he couldn't pass me for the lead, and I knew it was going to be a tall order to pass him. Those restarts there at the end were just terrible for whoever was on the outside lane and unfortunately got a couple of them. It was like you can make it go if you were up towards the front. Um, I, I certainly couldn't figure it out, so maybe it was me, but uh, we'll move on to Vegas. A strong day, you know, a, a race like we need to have in the playoffs and, and when we're not a, a car that can contend to just persevere and, and make the most of what we can and, and uh, that's what we did today. Just frustrated, uh, disappointed and, you know, every time we have a car that's got speed and we can run up front and challenge to win, uh, we just have things happen. So the good news is we got fast cars. I'm just proud that I've made every playoff and uh, since NASCAR has started them, so that's a, a big honor for me. Now we just need to go around to get hot at the right time. We got to think about the last two weeks and, and try to forget about this one. This is obviously an interesting weekend with no practice and, um, you know, how this race can play out so many different ways. But, um, you know, if we think of the last two weeks, we had some good speed in our cars. Uh, um, so we're going to try to think about that more than what happened today. I think we've got a lot better speed in our cars. Um, pit road's been a mess uh, the last 
I don't know, all year basically. Um, we'll have a you know good couple stops and one where we explode. Uh, so I didn't, I didn't do a good job on pit road today either. If we want to win a championship, we have to clean up everything, but especially pit road. So we'll see, but uh, looking forward to it. You know, maybe, maybe we'll all come together and, and be good these next 10 weeks. Okay, just right there you heard from half of the playoff field, eight drivers. So we know there are 16 men who have a chance at the title, but do they really? Let's break them into categories, starting with the favorites. Parker, this one seems pretty obvious. I mean, we've been talking big three. We know Martin has slid a little bit. Is, are they still your three, and, and you've been high on Brad? So don't turn off your TV sets in disgust. And Wait, wonder, oh, it was something. Well, I'm just saying and wonder, you know, am I paid to be here? Because, yes, I am. And to this, the reason I put these four there, and it's very easy because obviously they're in chronological order of points, uh, is because they are the best four in the series right now, and they have the best chance of making it to Miami. Now, I obviously explained in the last segment how high I am on the two-car Brad Kozlowski and how they use strategy to get there. But when you look at the other three, Kyle Busch, in my opinion, has been one of the fastest cars but they also find a ways to to win with cars that aren't that fast. So I believe that's a lot of times Kyle, the Kyle Busch factor of the 18 car and that he has that little X factor there. Kevin Harvick, in my opinion, is the fastest car in the series. No doubt about it. They have the most raw speed of anyone there is in every type of racetrack there is. And then the 78 of Martin Truex Jr. Yes, there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes. Yes, this team is shutting down at the end of the season. But they consistently find ways to be a top five car speed-wise. So I believe that they'll continue that, boring that nothing goes awry within that race team. That's kind of the X factor there for the 78. Or the question mark in a lot of ways is what's happening behind the scenes. But from the outside and what they've, we've seen out of them the last couple weeks, I still see the speed even though the results haven't been there. Kyle, does he have okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, hey, what do you got? That yeah. makes sense on paper, Kyle. Wait a minute. Oh, oh no. I got to get it. Oh, you have a I got to get a drink. I got to get a drink because my drinking game this week is every time Parker mentions Brad K. <laughs> um, okay. What is up with this? Okay. I agree with you. I agree with you on the big three. I agree with you on the big three. Uh, and, and basically everything you said. Uh, it, these guys, especially Kyle Busch um, and, and Kevin Harvick, find a way, no matter what seems to happen, to overcome a mistake, to overcome something that's gone on to put themselves back in a position to maybe not win, but at least finish second, third, or fourth. We've seen it all year long. Kevin Harvick and Rodney Childers is the team. That's the team that, that you've got to go out there and beat as far as uh, the way I look at it right now. I put Truex in because of his past work, his body of work in the first 20 races of the year. Maybe not in the last five or six, but in the, in the first 20 races. And with everything that's going on with that team, Cole Pern, uh, Martin Truex, Barney Visser, that group's going to want to go out as close to the top, as not on top, as they can. I believe that. There's a lot of pride in that team. Uh, and they're going to pull it together and do something in these last 10. The rest of the field, I put their numbers in a bag, I shook it up, and I came out with Chase Elliott. <laughs> and that's, that's, the, that's the way I did it, honestly. Because the rest of them, you can put in a bag. They, they all have great days. They don't have consistent days. And that's the problem, whether it be Brad Kay, whether it be uh, Kurt Busch, whether it be Chase Elliott, it doesn't make any difference. These guys are up one week, down two. Up one week, down one. Uh, they can't seem to get their stuff together. But this is a kid who has shown flashes of greatness, uh, I think, over the last five or six weeks. I think those guys are coming together at the right time. And as we know, cup racing can be streak racing. Uh, but these guys have found a little bit of something, I believe.
So you're making fun of my pick, but you just went with a team that's seriously hit or miss. I mean, Darlington was good. Indy, they were outside. I believe he finished 15th. Outside, he wasn't even a top 10 car. I'm Look, getting this I right. I, th- I said I'd put the numbers in a bag and shook it up. At least I've got an excuse on why I picked mine. You truly <laughs> believe yours. I feel like this is it really. This is good. Someone's going to throw a shoe. It's getting. This is getting competitive. It's getting I know. Heated. Right. I like point. this though. I like. Oh. I just don't know where we're. Where else we're going in the show? So it makes me a little nervous sitting next to you. Yeah. Though. I, I, okay. Well, you know what, Kyle? Let's go to the next group. Okay. I believe, which is the contenders that we have out okay. there, right? Because this group to me is the largest group in the playoffs, obviously, because we couldn't really separate these from each other because they're all separated by about 12 points, and they're all right on top of each other, and it includes Clint Boyer, Joe Logano, Kurt Busch, Chase Elliott, your fourth pick there, Kyle, which came out of nowhere, Ryan Blaney, Eric Jones, Kyle Larson, and Denny Hamlin. As you can see, I've grouped them all together because, to me, these cars are the cars that have shown flashes of speed. They've had down weeks. They're the cars that have shown ability at times in certain types of racetracks to be good and not other racetracks that we see throughout the playoffs. So I've kind of grouped them all together to say, out of these teams, whoever in there executes the best, whoever in there gets the lucky break, is going to be the teams that kind of separate themselves into the round of 12 and eventually into the, a couple that might make it into the round of eight. But I don't think when I look at that group that I can pick a solid contender out of them to say, okay, you're the fourth best or you're right there with our favorites. They're just not. What do you think, Kyle? What do you got? Yeah, finally. Finally, what are we, 15 minutes into the show? I agree with you. Um, I, I agree with you on that whole group, on that whole group. There is, you know, Eric Jones over the last five or six weeks uh, has really done himself uh, proud. I mean, they have run up front. He finished second in Indy. They have made moves. They have run fast on the racetrack. They have adjusted that car. At Indy, he was out the lunch the first part of the, the, the day and comes back and finishes, uh, obviously finishes second. But I look at that and I say, okay, there's not really one team that I would take or draft or bet on or, or pull for in this group uh, that really raises its head above the others or I believe that's any better than any of the others. They're all pretty much equal, so I agree with you on this grouping. And this is weird because I agree with you as well on the 20 car, and I'd say in the group... Now you're ha- getting along too well. I know, this, this is, is odd. Too, yeah. We flipped so quickly. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe Cardi B and Nicki Minaj have hope for each other, <laughs> so we'll see. But I would say that that car to me has obviously had some of the best results. Eric Jones has kind of been a surprise to, so I think, many people since his win at Daytona. They've really turned it on there inside that 20 team. And I'd say the biggest issue, or maybe question mark for this race team is this just their first time in the playoffs this is the first time they're experiencing playoff pressure and experiencing what you go through in these rounds as you're fighting to not get knocked out round by round i believe this race team obviously has the speed they've got the results but it's going to be fighting through that rookie situations of just understanding exactly what you're going through it's gonna be eric discovering what happens in media week leading up and the pressure that comes of being a part of the playoff field i think it's those things that might hurt them but I would definitely say at this time they're probably the fastest of that group. Okay, well, and obviously we're going to talk long shots because it's we know who we, have to get we there. know who you guys are going to pick, but we don't necessarily know why. I, I'm yeah. interested to hear why you guys both left uh, a certain driver off the list who has more points than a couple of other drivers. So we've got that coming up. Uh, if you guys, if you guys will stay in your respective corners. The good thing is he's in North Carolina, <laughs> and I'm in Stanford, so we can't really get too close. Okay. Well, coming up, he starts off the playoffs as the top seed, and the playoffs start. It is hometown. It's a good time to be Kyle Busch. When we come back, the 33-year-old joins us.
The NASCAR playoffs get underway this weekend in the entertainment capital of the world. And to celebrate on Thursday, it's the burnout on the boulevard. All Monster Energy Series playoff drivers will be part of the show. All 16 will be doing a burnout. It's going to be a lot of fun. Coverage starts Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern. One of those drivers who will be doing a burnout on the boulevard is Kyle Busch. Kyle is a Vegas native. Having this track in the playoffs for the first time is a big deal. But I want to know, growing up there, was doing a burnout on the strip something you ever tried as a teenager? Uh, actually, no, it wasn't, Krista. I pretty much thought I knew better, um, <laughs> although some later instances in my life or career would say otherwise. Um, you know, being from Vegas, you always kind of had that little bit of temptation to be able to go out there and show what your driving skill was like on the strip in Las Vegas, but uh, not until the police are involved and they know about it and they are okay with it can you first go do that. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> Great answer. Uh, to that end, going to Vegas this weekend, we've seen the temperatures are going to be quite high, uh, and I actually raced there in 2011 in the Truck Series, which was a day race, and that track was super slick when it was that hot. Have you put much thought in how hot it's going to be, how slick this track could be, and, and I think conditions that really lend themselves to your something you enjoy yeah absolutely I think uh, we've all kind of thought about that my wife was showing me the temperatures and, and projections about what it was going to be this weekend so I was like oh it's going to be hot and slick you know we've, we've been out there before where it's been warm in March but um, nothing like 100 degrees and I'm sure track temp being in the hundreds of 30s or 40s degrees so uh, it's going to be a warm one and uh, it's going to be a slick one I'm sure people are going to be moving all over that racetrack and trying to find grip and um, you know knowing the best ways to go is pretty much throwing out any notes that you had for March. You're the regular season champ, Kyle. Your website already has the picture of you, Samantha Brexton, with the trophy. So I know it's a big deal, but it's also a big deal because of those bonus points. How much do you and Adam Stevens sort of work the numbers or, or the strategy, knowing sort of the insurance policy that you have? Um, uh, we haven't quite dug into that yet, but obviously um, having the bonus points and the more bonus points you have, the better it's going to be for your success going down into these playoffs and having each round, um, you know, the first three races, the next three races, the next three races, having those bonus points kind of reset with you through every round. Uh, is, is awesome. I think it's the most fair because it gives you an opportunity to succeed through the regular season and to be able to carry that strength of your first 26 races through to the final 10 races. So, um, you know, I think there's a great mixture of balance with what we have with the points format and stuff. So um, I'm looking forward to it, though, with, with the playoffs coming up and the first round kind of being a challenge with Las Vegas and Richmond now being in the playoffs and then, of course, going to the Roval. Um, there's a very unknown with the Roval. And then, of course, too, you go into the second round and there's a very unknown with Talladega. So um, there seems to be, and then Martinsville, we saw how much of an unknown was at Martinsville last fall as well. So every round is, is going to be kind of chaotic and uh, everything's on the line. Everybody's going to try to get themselves to Homestead and that's what it's going to be all about. With being the regular season champ, obviously you guys were the class of the field throughout the regular season. But I know as a race car driver and talking to you a lot of times, we're naturally curious. We're always kind of assessing our competition, seeing the things that they do. Is there anyone or anything that stuck out to you in the last couple of weeks where you've gone back to your team and said, you know what, we need to do that or we need that sort of thing? Um, I would say yes and no, obviously, with uh, being the talk of the season being the big three and being one of those big three um, you would kind of say well the last three weeks it's been kind of quiet from the big three right so um, you know we, we've noticed the same thing we've obviously seen uh, Brad being able to pick up two wins right in a row with Darlington and uh, and Indy so um, you know he was the fourth best last year and being able to go to Homestead as the fourth driver in and um, so we know everybody's going to be gunning for the big three and then Brad so obviously it's it's kind of um 
a toss-up right now with what do you do or, or who, who are you racing, where do you need to get better. I think it's everything. Uh, we know we need to get uh, our best equipment to the racetrack each and every week. I know Joe Gibbs Racing is doing that, working hard on that. Toyota as well, too. Uh, the 18 M&M's team has been strong all year long, thanks to the strength of Adam Stevens and our pit crew and everybody that's been involved. And, um, you know, some, some driver mistakes the past few weeks have kind of put us behind the eight ball a little bit, maybe. Um, we've got to clean those up, myself included, as well as the team, to make sure that um, you, you you don't have any mistakes. Like I said earlier this year, I says if you have a mistake-free day, you have a chance to win. And so we haven't had that lately because we haven't been mistake-free. You've won on every track on the schedule, Kyle, but Charlotte has never been this kind of Charlotte. Is that the one that you guys have circled possibly as, as the biggest challenge? Um, yeah, I, I'd like going to the road courses though, you know, so I feel like the road course can be um, a really cool thing for us. We've been fast at road courses before, Sonoma included, Watkins Glen included. This is a new road course, so it's going to be certainly a, a, a challenge, a bigger challenge than what many are probably ready for. So, um, you know, NASCAR turns one, two, three, four, have got a lot of grip and feel pretty good and are pretty fast. But then you've got the slow sections of all the infield section and the infield portion of the racetrack that uh, is very, very slick. It's very, very slow. And so it's hard to get a hold of. But um, overall, uh, I think our couple tests that we had there went really well. And I'm looking forward to getting back there and hoping that, um, you know, we can go after some really good road course results. And if not, hopefully we can win. All right. I just got to know real quick, though. Is that like the closest we have come in NASCAR to a street course, essentially what you're experiencing at Charlotte? <laughs> Uh, a little bit, yeah. I mean, Jimmy Johnson, I think, said it. He's like, it's racing through parking lot, and there's so many different asphalt transitions, you can't keep track of which one you're coming up to or on next. So uh, it's pretty rough through the infield just because of, I guess, the grounds that the racetrack is built on, obviously, they move a lot. And, um, you know, there, there's, a, there's a new bump there every single time we show up, not just one, a few <laughs> new bumps every time we show up there, whether it's on the oval or whether it's in the road course. Hey, what's going on with Brexton these days? Does he understand, like, what the playoffs are, that there's a postseason sort of? I mean, he's a smart little guy. Does he kind of understand that, that <laughs> it's time to ramp it up? Uh, not yet. He, uh, he was, he thought we won the race the other day because we got a trophy. And so I had to explain <laughs> to him that the other guy on the racetrack won the race, but we won the regular season championship. And so he just thought it was cool because he could drop his, his cars in there. So it's a trophy that isn't necessarily going to go on the mantle. I think it's going to go in the playroom. So Brexton can put all of his cars in there. <laughs> well, nobody probably enjoys Halloween more than Brexton because he's got M&M, Skittles, all that stuff all around. Does he already have a Halloween costume picked out? Uh, we do. Uh, I think we're all going to go as the PJ masks. So um, you've got the green one, which will be Brexton. The blue one will be me. And then the pink one will be Mama. So uh, we've kind of got that figured out, I guess. Owlette. That's Samantha. Yeah, we know that well. So thank you very much, Kyle, for taking some time with us. And best of luck to you as the playoffs begin, the regular season champion. And go into your hometown for the first race of the playoffs. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Up next, the Xfinity Series drivers had to wait even longer for their shot at Indy. The wait was worth it. Complete with a four-wide finish for Stage 1 points. Justin Allgaier is still smiling today. After the win, we'll get Parker's take because he had a great view. Next. Justin Allgaier looking for his very first win at the Brickyard. Allgaier will win at Indy. Heck yeah. Great job, buddy. Great, great job, buddy. 
Justin Allgaier has just added his name to the list of winners, and he will have the opportunity to kiss the bricks. This one is for my dad because um, at the Brickyard Crossing up there, he drove me up here every Wednesday night uh, during the winter so that I could take classes um, to, to be the best I could be as not only a good driver inside the car but outside the car, and that's off to him. So Justin Allgaier leads all Xfinity Series drivers with five wins this season, but there is still one more shot at victory this coming weekend in Las Vegas before the Xfinity Series playoffs start the following week in Richmond. Three spots are still up for grabs. And in that race, Parker, you called it from turn three. The pictures were incredible. What was the feeling like being at that vantage point? Uh, simply awesome. It was <laughs> incredible. And the drivers provided an incredible show for me to call down there in turn three. And the craziest part about my section was every time they came on a restart or they were trying to line up passes, it would happen down to turn three. And they even went two, three, four wide at one point. I saw them three rows deep of two by two. It was absolutely awesome. And it just made it so much fun to kind of call it and see the action is was happening in front of me and this was the view I had so right here I'm staring down the backstretch so they're coming at me and then they fan out as they go into the corner trying to make moves and everything and then I would toss it over to Jeff Burton so it was just an awesome time well and we heard you earlier you know the, the Xfinity race was first and then Dale Earnhardt Jr. took yep. over that spot both of you, it would be hard to give uh, an award to who was more excited when uh, you would call yeah. your stretch he and of the I track. Were, we, were, we were texting during the Xfinity race, and I said, I had tweeted, I'm sorry, I'm screaming, because I know he did that at the Watkins <laughs> gun race. And then he said, it's okay, I would be too with this kind of action. So I felt, you know, justified at that point that Dale Jr. himself would have been screaming the same way. Yeah, no question. We could feel the emotion from both yes. of you in that stretch. And just that type of racing, no question, the racing early Sunday in the Xfinity series was thrilling earlier today. NASA NASCAR Steve O'Donnell discussed the Xfinity Aero package and its future in Cup. Yesterday, um, you know, the same package we had run from Xfinity, you know, obviously a lot of talk on the Cup side of, of looking at something similar. I think one of the things we've looked at on the Cup side is, is putting more power into the cars around that package, uh, which will give drivers, you know, a little bit more opportunity to get on and off the throttle. And, and so that's something we continue to look at and, and are discussing with the industry as it relates to to where we go next year uh, in the Monster Energy Series. Okay, Kyle, so this high drag package in Cup, specifically at Indy, what are your thoughts? Um, first, phenomenal race. Yeah. Uh, two years in a row, really a, a great race. I think the Indy Lights race up there was a great race, but this race, we had guys jockeying for position, as Parker said, two, three, four wide. Uh, we had people everywhere. I, I listened to Steve's comments, and I'm a little perplexed by him, to be honest with you, because I watched the Xfinity race, and they run 168, 69, 70, mid-160s, mid and put on a phenomenal show. And we hear Steve say, yeah, we may run this same package with the cup cars and give them a little bit more power. Take power away, people. Speed has nothing to do with a great race. Speed has nothing to do with being able to pass people. We didn't hear from a single Xfinity driver, I couldn't pass the leader. I couldn't pass the guy in front of me. Clint Boyer said, you know, if Denny's leading, I couldn't get around him. If I was leading, he was, wasn't going to get around me. It has nothing to do with power at that point in time. That was an arrow package that worked, and it worked because of the power as much as anything else. So, um, I think NASCAR got it right yesterday with the Xfinity Series. Uh, I said it yesterday on, on this show. You know, be patient. NASCAR can get it right. We saw it yesterday with the Xfinity cars. 
Uh, I hope they rethink the power thing and back off of that a little bit because uh, just adjust the car with arrow to the begin with and let's go from there. So, Kyle, I was down, obviously, in turn three, as we just discussed, and actually Jeff Burton and I at one point in the middle of the race kind of keyed each other up and said, hey, can you tell that the cars are slower, that they're slower? And both of us said, no, they look fast. They look mm -hmm. just as fast to us as the other cars. You couldn't really tell the difference in speed. So I agree with you on the fact that speed is not uh, just creates good racing. There's not You don't need speed to have great racing. We saw that with the Xfinity cars. Now, as a driver, I'm torn because I want 1,000 horsepower, no downforce, make all the emphasis on me to wheel the thing around, you know what I mean? And, and be the, the difference between winning and losing. But then as a fan, as a broadcaster, as someone who is calling that race in the Xfinity side, I cannot help but get excited in thinking if you had cup cars doing the same thing, how insane that would look and how you would want to buy a ticket to see that, to know that any, so many drivers could win, that at any point there could be a pass, on maybe a pass on one straightaway and then a repass on the next straightaway. That makes me excited. So I think for the future of the sport, yes, we have to go down this path, no matter how much some people don't want it to happen and think that the driver doesn't make a big difference because guess what? The winner of that race is now the winningest driver in the Xfinity series. So obviously he made a difference. His team made a difference in a package that some people say the driver didn't make a difference. So I think, and I've heard, and I know it's being discussed that this is coming to the cup series in the future for next year and maybe a lot of races. And I, as a fan, am excited. But as a driver, yes, there's a part of me that misses what we've had. But I know for the future of the sport, this is probably the right way to go. Yeah, and, and I will say this um, in and, and this way. Let me just put it in this way. Um, that, that I go back to my father and those guys running 200 miles an hour with 400 horsepower. Now we've got 800-plus horsepower. Uh, do we need 800 horsepower to put on a show? You say you want 1,000. You just want 1,000, and you want everybody else to have 999. Heck that's yeah, what you really exactly. Want. That's what you really <laughs> want as a driver. That's what a driver really, really wants. So in, in the context of what we're trying to look at as a sport, what we're trying to look at to improve the product that we have, and NASCAR has improved the Xfinity package at Indianapolis. We've seen it two years in a row. We know it can be done. I think you just improve that package the way it is, but don't say, oh, let's do this to the arrow, and let's do this to the engine, and let's do this to the tires, and now let's only have two guys go over the wall to change tires. Don't change 100 things. Change one thing, and let's see how the arrow package affects that type of racing. Then maybe you can come back and give power, take power away, change other things. But let's do it one step at a time. Let's just don't throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. We're going to change one thing next, so you'll like that, Kyle. Oh. Up next, Parker will move over to the simulator. And we know all of this comes as some of you at home getting ready to move out of the path of dangerous storms. With Hurricane Florence heading toward the East Coast, three NASCAR tracks, Atlanta, Bristol, and Charlotte, have opened their campgrounds to assist any evacuees for, with the affected areas. For more information, call the numbers listed on the screen. And today, we remember those lives that were lost in the September 11th attacks of 2001. Many in the NASCAR community, like Kyle Busch, reminding us to never forget, and Michael McDowell sent out this powerful message you can destroy our buildings, but you cannot destroy our foundation. 17 years later, always missed, never forgotten. Yeah, boy. Vegas, hit the strip all night. Let's go do this thing, brother. Let's have fun in these playoffs.
Oh, my gosh, that has to get you excited. And speaking of Las Vegas, Parker is over in the sim. It's going to be hot and slick this weekend, Parker. How will the drivers deal with those conditions? Exactly, Krista. So guess what we did? We went into the iRacing settings, and we made this track as hot as it can get and as slick as it can get. And right now, I believe the temp on track is over 120 degrees right now. So we're coming for a restart here. And the thing that we need to take note of, well, the outside line did not get a good restart, so we'll take note of that. But then two, what lane you're going to want to be in as we go to one and two. Right on the spot lane, there's tons of bumps. It's really bumpy. This is probably a place you do not want to be at times on this racetrack, especially with how hot and slick it might be. And then as you go off the three and four, the one thing that's always struck me about this racetrack is that it's incredibly fast. And you'll dive down the bottom, and you'll get back in the throttle far before you ever think you should. And that's what makes this place so great. But it's slick, it's gonna be hot, and it's incredibly sick. I ran here in 2011 in the truck series, and it was a wreck fest because there was no grip. So Kyle, what do you do when you're searching for grip? You move around the racetrack, you go up top, you try and find some shade, like there is up here in turns one and two, and you'll do the same in three and four. Yeah, but let me ask, why is, why is there more grip if the racetrack is hot and we're talking temperature? Explain to me why there's more grip up top than there is on the bottom. All right, so you probably can see on the sim right now how dark it is in the groove. Well, that's rubber, and that's where all the cars are going to run in practice. That's where the cars are going to run in qualifying. So when you get in the race, you try to get away from that rubber. You try to find clean racetrack, maybe somewhere up next to the wall where it's shaded like here with the billboards. You'll do those things because the racetrack might be actually cooler and have less rubber there that makes it even slicker, right? So that's where you're just searching for that fresh asphalt. Okay, when, when a racetrack is, is hot and slick, uh, as a driver, do you feel, does it accentuate? If it's loose, you're twice as loose. If it's pushing, it's twice as pushy because there is no grip. Well, I'd say right now in this sim, it's just purely loose. Whatever uh, we got in this set of lines. <laughs> we need Steve Letard in here, man, to get us hooked up on this racetrack. It's very loose off the corners. But I think it definitely just accentuates, as you said, what you're fighting. If you're fighting a tight race car, when the grip level gets taken away, it's just going to get worse. You're going to have to slow down. If you've got a loose race car, that's just going to get worse because that right rear tire is now going to have less grip than it did when the track had grip. So I think, you know, a lot of times we talk about racetracks like this getting slick and hot and that sort of thing. And we wonder, okay, what can the true chief do? Well, he's going to basically do everything he would have done if the track was a different condition where it had grip because he's just going to fight whatever balance issue you've got, right? That's what we always ask for is to fight that balance issue. That's how we get faster. Yeah, I got nothing else for you, man. I, <laughs> my, my thing is, no, I guess I've, I've got one more because I, I want to know how large of an arc can you run at this place getting in the corner? I always found that you could really arc the car into the corner. Sometimes you cheat it and, and shallow the corner a little bit thinking something's going to happen. But this was a place there was grip everywhere out there. Exactly. Oh, we're about to get run into there a little bit. But yeah, the line I just ran there, normally here through one and two, you want to be in the middle. Oh, I just made a nice little pass there on the guy on the outside. And then in the three and four, it's as big as arc as you can handle. All the way up here, turn it down. Well, I didn't get to the bottom because there's not enough grip. And then you'd be back in the throttle hard in this high banking right there and allowing the car to track out. That's what you'd do if the grip was there. But as we saw, Krista, this place is probably not going to allow you to do that. You're going to have to search around and find the grip in this race because that's going to be a place that's going to be lacking grip. And I think we'll hear a lot of drivers saying to their crew chiefs, I just need more grip. Come on, more grip. Well, and Parker brings up a great point. He has raced there in the truck series. They've raced Las Vegas 
in September this time of year. So guys like maybe an Eric Jones who comes from the truck series may have a slight advantage. These cup drivers are used to racing in Vegas in March, not September. Coming up, we discuss the playoff favorites and the contenders. Why do our guys consider the other four long shots? Those answers are next. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. The Verizon IndyCar Series is on NBCSN as the sun sets on a memorable season. Can Scott Dixon hold off American Alexander Rossi and capture his fifth championship, the Grand Prix of Sonoma, next Sunday, 6.30 Eastern on NBCSN. There are just four drivers who remain mathematically alive to win this year's title. Joining Dixon and Rossi are Will Power and defending series champion Joseph Newgarden. Now, if Dixon finishes second or better, he is guaranteed the championship. But with double points on the line, anything can happen. Yesterday at the Brickyard, we saw the kissing of the bricks, not once but twice. So, little Harper Allgaier, she's five years old, she got it right. Got right down there with mommy and daddy, so this well is done. how you do it. Really well done. Really good. And then Jumped in the right afternoon, in. we saw Brad Kozlowski and uh, Paige's daughter Scarlett. Well, she's posing, she looks adorable. Yeah. But she was not into kissing the bricks. And if you're watching not. at home, thought, wow, she's not going to do it. Oh, she's not the first one. She's not letting that be her first kiss. No, and she's not letting, look at the antics of Brexton Bush a couple of years ago. He's eating the Skittles and M&Ms. Well, they say right taste the, the rainbow, but that's like he didn't taste the bricks, did he? Yeah, I don't know if that counts. Nope. But look at, this is Chase Elliott, six years old, when his dad Bill Elliott won in 2002. Chase said, nope, I'm not going to do it either. No, yeah, he was like, hey, I'm going to wait till I win there. So oh, he already knew he was planning ahead. A little foreshadowing. Yes. Okay, this weekend in Indy marked the final weekend of the regular season, and Marty Snyder is the big winner from our NASCAR Fantasy Live League. Lee Diffie ended up second, followed by Nate Ryan. I don't know Incredible. if Marty gets, does he get a trophy of I, any sort? You know, sadly, I don't think a, there's any. A ham sandwich? I don't know. He gets don't like forget, a handshake. Maybe. Yeah, to sign up for the NASCAR Fantasy Playoffs. For more info, go to NASCAR.com slash fantasy for all of the details. Okay, we went through the favorites and the contenders. That leaves the long shots. Kyle, we already know who you chose, but I want to know why. Because it wasn't what, Denny Hamlin, Eric Alm wait, who do you, you have Almirola. Go, you go ahead and tell Almirola. me, but I want to know why. I have Almirola. Um, I have Austin Dillon. Yeah, why Austin I Dillon? Jimmy Johnson. Well, okay, uh, Austin Dillon's year was made at Daytona this year. Uh, and that's been, that's been the highlight. They've had a couple of decent runs. Uh, but really have not got on a roll, have not been consistent. That's why I didn't put him in that middle group. I, I've just seen no consistency uh, out of that group at all. But Daytona, he is the Daytona 500 champion. Enough said right there. <clears throat> Great year. Eric Almirola, uh, I think we heard his interview yesterday. He just said there were things they needed to fix. You know, they had speed, but every time something could go wrong, it would go wrong. Uh, he he list, rattled off a litany of things that, that had happened to him. If you're standing here ready to go in the playoffs and you're still talking about things that could go wrong or should go wrong or might go wrong or that we've got to fix, you need to move to the side. And that's the way I look at that. I look at Jimmy Johnson. He said they didn't have speed, but they had experience. So no speed, no play. I look at uh, Alex Bowman, and Alex Bowman said in the interview yesterday, well, I don't have speed or experience, so I'll take him out because I'm taking, taking Jimmy out. But really, I think Nate Ryan said it best yesterday. Jimmy's first comment when being interviewed after the race on making the playoffs were, 
We've made the playoffs every year, and I'm proud of that. Not about who he was going to go beat, not about what they were going to do, not about anything else. It was just about that's what they accomplished, and I think that's about as far as they go this year. Oddly, we agree again. So here we are. Same set of drivers for me that I believe are your long shots. You know, I feel it's almost unfair to put Eric Almirola in this group because he has been so fast at times. He has definitely shown the speed. His uh, Stuart Haas teammates are obviously championship contenders in so many respects, and one of them is the fastest car in the series. But as Kyle said, there is just a litany of issues and execution issues that this team cannot be discussing heading in the playoffs because the competition is going to be already improving past them. Then when we talk about Austin Dillon, as Kyle said, you got a Daytona 500 champion right there, but this team, aside from Michigan just a couple weeks ago, has not shown me anything to say that they're, co they're competitors for this championship. And their biggest problem is the competition, the fact that they're going to be fast than them at most racetracks and then they have that charlotte roval which i know austin has been working on his road course promise but is not his strength yet i know he's continuing to get better but i think that one is kind of a wild card for them and then when we talk about the hendrick cars i was the one who interviewed both jimmy johnson and alex bowman in those interviews that kyle mentioned and i got the same response or feeling from them there's no speed there the 48 is the wily veterans that have the experience and yes they could muster something quite like they did in 2016 but right now when the first thing he tells me is We've got experience. That doesn't give me a lot of hope in the 48 team. And then for the 88 of Alex Bowman, I just feel like, hey, man, you've made the playoffs. What an excellent job. He's gotten to Hendrick Motorsports. This has been an incredible run from being in you know, cars that weren't that great and finding a way to a top-tier organization. He gets a great participation trophy. Ooh. Better luck next year. Kyle, you love the participation <laughs> trophy. I do. And I just want Parker to say Brad K one more time so I can drink. What's that? Oh, Brad oh. Kozlowski? Take yes, a drink. there we go. Going to the drink. <laughs> there you go. Go drink. That's, that's a perfect way to just cut off. Kyle, just exit. Just exit screen. He's going to drink. That's it for us tomorrow. See you, buddy. It's Wednesday, 5 p.m. Eastern here on NBCSN. We will see you uh, then from Las Vegas beginning on Thursday. Have a great night. Glory Road is next. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability.